0: The following is a fourth-hand production. Welcome to A Very Brady Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tag. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show... Jimmy Clark. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, we take the episode, we break it down, we show off the beauty of its vintage interior, great style, and slap the side of it and sell it to the listener for a great steal. On today's episode, we look at season three, episode four, entitled The Wheeler Dealer. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and... Amazon Prime! Prime. Yeah. So, what's up, Jimmy? How are you?
1: Pretty good. How about you, Tack?
0: <laughs> it's I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Good. And uh, another beauty of today is... We are together again. Aww. it's three weeks in a row. <laughs> we're in the same room. It's totes adorbs. totes adorbs. So I thought it'd be fun, since this episode is about Greg's first car, and we talk about our first, not our first car we bought together, because, you know, <laughs> we're not going to go into that, because exactly. that was a junker. I it didn't, was. Right. I didn't agree to that at all, and you made a horrible choice. Yeah,
1: but you're like, Jimmy, he's so cute. I'm like, yeah, but look out of the way he's dressed.
0: I don't know what that means, but I thought it'd be fun. We talk about our first cars that we had. Oh, okay. So, uh, what was your first car that you had bought?
1: Well, <clears throat> I believe the year. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Um, hmm. I when I first when I got my first car, I couldn't really afford a whole lot because I didn't have a whole lot. I was what? Like, that was is like unusual. I was like Greg Brady, and hmm. um, yeah, exactly. And so, your mom. Oh, burn. Oh, called me and said, hey, I got a friend of mine selling a car Yeah, really cheap. Do you want it? I said, yeah, but all I have is $150. Mm-hmm. And he had said, well, I'm going to need more than $150 for it. Right. Granted, it wasn't the nicest car. But he would need more than $150 for it. And this um, was in 1971. No. It was seven. No. Uh, but the car was a 74. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But. um, He's like, I'm going to need more than $150. I'm like, that's all I have. I'm not trying to lowball you. That's literally all I have. Yeah. That's all I got. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll never never mind. Thanks anyways. Well, something had happened. I'm not going to go into that whole story. But your mom called and said, hey, he left the title and the keys. He said, it's yours. Just you know, give me the $150 and I'll make sure he gets it. Hmm. Okay. So I bought my first car for $150. Nice. It was a 74 AMC Hornet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> chalkboard green with That's matching right. green interior. Um, it had a vacuum modulator that went out, so it didn't have reverse.
0: Right. It was the green Hornet, yeah. by the way. We need to acknowledge yeah. that.
1: It also didn't shift gears in automatic, so you had the first and second and then the drive. So I had to put yeah. it in first and second to drive around in second gear all the time. In second gear, if you went over 45 miles an hour, it would overheat. Hmm. And, um, and the gas gauge didn't work. Really? Um, and it didn't have a reverse.
0: I remember it not having a reverse. So I remember yes. uh, we'd have to <laughs> we'd have to do like Flintstones. Oh, car yeah, For sure. Just to yeah. back up, which yep. wasn't that hard, really. No. Yeah. So you just kind of like open the door, stick your leg out, and kind of started pushing right. with your leg. And it backed up pretty easily. Yes. So.
1: so, yeah, that was my first car, and I loved that car. And to <laughs> this day, every once in a while, I'll look on Facebook Marketplace to see if anybody's selling one. Because I would love to have another AMC Hornet. I loved that car.
0: Yeah, it was fun. I really liked it a lot because it was our first taste of freedom. It was, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I still remember the
1: day. Yes, I was telling the story last night.
0: Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, I remember the day where I was sitting at home yep. in my apartment with my mom. And I was knocking at the door. And it's Jimmy. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And then I was like, where's your mom? Cause he wouldn't just come over, you know, right, right, right. I'm like, where's your mom? And you're like, you just, all you're doing is just smiling at me. I'm like, ah. what? And he like, you, he point, I don't know if I'm talking to you or the audience. So Jimmy points down, you know, cause I was on the second floor of an apartment building. And then I look and I see his green hornet sitting down there. And I was like, oh, you got your license.
1: Heck yeah! I
0: was, like, I was like, Oh, like, let's go. I was like, let's go. So, you know. I ran inside, grabbed whatever it is I need to grab. I don't know. Do you remember where we went? God knows. We Uh, went
1: to Winn-Dixie. Why? No idea. (laughs) Just because we could. Yep. And we went to Winn-Dixie, came out, and I was like, oh, by the way, this car doesn't have reverse. You're like, what? (laughs) It doesn't have reverse. You're like, okay, so what do I do? You're like, we got to push backwards. Yeah.
0: So, yeah so that opened up our freedom i was only 15 at the time when jimmy yeah. was 16 so yeah. i had my learner's permit but i didn't have a license yet that was
1: great
0: hell yeah We'd drive around cruising for chicks listening to music
1: damn heck yeah
0: we were the shit playing the gorilla rap, doing the gorilla rap, yeah. scratching
1: yourself all over the place
0: <laughs> doing the gorilla rep so what about your first <laughs> car it's kind of hard to say what exactly was my first car. Well,
1: let's put it this way. There was a lot of cars that both you and I drove that were really our parents. It wasn't yeah. really ours. So what was your <laughs> first car? My the first car, car I car
0: that, ever bought myself.
1: And I mean, it's okay if you put the car in your mom's name, but it was your car. But I mean, the first car that was yours.
0: Well, I don't know if you have a car in particular you're thinking of. No, 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 oh, okay. no, no, no. So the first car I ever bought with my own money with that was in my name was a 1995 hyundai accent Hmm. and it was like a really a really low like what's it called low model that's not right like stripped down model okay it didn't even have a radio in it wow and uh electric nothing it was like you roll down your windows by hand um no radio in it i think it did have an ac in it but yeah it was just white and very dull and boring and nothing exciting. But it was my first car. and there I was you excited.
1: go. Is that um, the one you kept the tape deck in?
0: Yeah. Like. So, yeah, eventually I did get a stereo kind of installed in it. <laughs> it was just kind of sitting in the hole. And, uh, yeah. Um, and I remember I brought a speaker and it was really like it's one of those speakers that would be used as like an uh, audio monitor for like a band you know mm. and i just threw that in the back seat and then ran wires to it and it was loud and that's it, all that matters. it matters cool. yeah so yeah that yes. was my that was my ride my yes. g-funk ride out
1: of all the cars you've owned what was your favorite and it's okay if it's if you still own it but what's what's your favorite <laughs> probably the 2004
0: the 4Runner. toyota 4Runner. i thought yeah. it was a 2003.
1: It was two thousand four. Oh no, oh, yeah, your yours was the sport model.
0: Yeah, sport edition. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, my favorite was probably. The, well, no, it's a toss up. But the AMC Hornet, or um, my second car was a um, a seventy nine Mercury Capri. It was the Mustang. That was
0: a badass car. Yeah,
1: I really like that car. You mm-hmm. don't see those very often. Well, you do. You see the five liters, but you don't see the two point eight V six that I had.
0: Yeah, my mom had a similar car. She yeah, had she a Mercury had Capri leader. RS. Yeah. And uh, it had like a hood scoop and shit. Mm-hmm. And it, that thing was fucking quick. Yeah,
1: that was the five liter version. They also made a four liter version with a turbo on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, I remember I was riding in my mom's Mercury Capri RS, you know, with all that. And then... My mom never drove it like it's supposed to be driven and uh, until my sister's boyfriend had driven the car. And I was in the car with him. And she was like, and he was like impressed by it. He was like, holy shit. He's like, this car was built for racing. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And it was a stick. And he was like driving. And he got the tires just squeal going from second to third mm-hmm. like to spin out. And he was, I was like, holy shit. Like, I was impressed. I was like 14, 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. So I thought that was cool. Right on cool I remember in your Mercury Capri Mm -hmm. it was an automatic yes and like (laughs) the gas was so sensitive you just touch the gas and the wheels are like and start spinning (laughs) like holy shit
1: I love that car I finally traded it in for a Dodge Shadow I really like my Suburban that I have now I've got a 2004 Suburban that's like my project vehicle which we'll get into project vehicles later yeah um it's my project vehicle and I bought it and it's got, it had a lot of problems. The AC didn't work. Um, needed new brakes, needed new rear suspension. Uh, but I'm slowly trying So, cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll
0: talk more about that later in the episode. But well, let's take our first break. And when we come back, we're really going to get into this. This is a fun little episode. Yep. Um, it's another three parter. Just kidding. <laughs> just no, kidding. No, it's not. It's not the Brady's are back at home and we're good to go just like a normal episode. Oh, so we'll be back. Are you easily offended? Because if you are, you should probably stop listening. Are you interested in the bizarre and unusual? Are you fascinated by the grisly sides of life? Are you the one that people call weirdo?
1: Well then, you should get hip to Strange Brew Podcast, a podcast with a bunch of crazy canucks.
0: Tune in every week with Strange Brew's host, Tomcat, aka Tom Thompson.
1: And Billy Kirby, along with many different guests.
0: As we drink booze and we discuss anything strange and paranormal, from serial killers to aliens and all of the above.
1: So crack those beers.
0: And toss on those tinfoil hats. Because Because it's it's about about to get strange. And we are back. All right, so we got the Brady Bunch season three, episode four, entitled The Wheeler Dealer. Let's get into it. Facts about the episode first aired on October 8th, 1971, written by Bill Friedman and Ben Gershman, and directed by Jack Arnold. Now, this is according to IMDb. Please help me understand this. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it says The convertible Greg navigates through the obstacle in the family driveway in the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. Is a 1971 Plymouth Barracuda. Well, that was a
1: 1970 Barracuda. I don't
0: know. This model is a year older than the 72 Plymouth Barracuda, and I'm like, no shit. This is in the family driveway in the Fender Benders, which is an episode from season three finale. Okay. What?
1: I had thought that that was a 1970 Plymouth Barracuda, but I could be wrong on it. I thought season three they had a 70 Barracuda. I don't know. But apparently it's a 71. So, okay. Okay.
0: But I don't understand what they're saying. What's the interesting fact here?
1: Um, well, I don't understand how it's a year older than a 72. (laughs) If it's a 71,
0: it's a 71. It's a year older, right? Than the 72. Great. Awesome information.
1: Oh, oh, you're older. So I'm thinking, um, no, what they're saying is I guess they, they had an exclusive deal with Chrysler, um, when they were filming the show. That's why all the, the cars are Chrysler Plymouth Dodge. Right. Okay. Um, and what they're saying is, is halfway through the season, or I guess towards the finale, magically his car oh, goes from a 71 to a 72. Were. Yeah. Gotcha. It's actually not the same car that you see. Because gotcha. I guess the car is not shown very much in the season. And the other time you see it, or one of the other times you see it, it changes from a 71 to a 72. Yeah. Gotcha. Kind of what I figured. And also, Jack Arnold, <laughs> it's the name of the father. The name
0: of the father. From, and uh, the son of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, exactly. One years. So I thought it was kind <laughs> of neat. Which Wonder Years was another show I really wanted to just thinking about doing because we talked about doing another show after this. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to stick to comedy sitcoms. Okay. I don't know. We'll talk
1: about that. But later. also, like, I I looked it up. I looked up that car because I was going to see if it was still around, if it was in any museums or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all the research I did said it was a 1970 Barracuda. Hmm.
0: I don't know. Maybe so. IMDb is wrong. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be the first time. So. Hmm. All right. So you Ready? I'm ready. So we fade in. Scene one. We start off with Greg taking a driving lessons from dear old dad, Mike, in the family convertible. You know, the one we were just talking about. Yes. Yes. Mike is giving instructions on slowing down properly and all that kind of stuff. So they finally pull into the driveway nice and slowly, and there are obstacles all in the driveway, and Greg is barely missing them while Mike is telling him things like, Look out for the wagon! And don't drive on the grass. They come to a stop. Greg turns to Mike with a big grin and asks, how would I do? Mike smiles, nods, and says, well, you did fine. I'm proud of you. Greg then says, I hope I do as well tomorrow when I take the driver's test. Just so we, the audience, know what's going on. Yes. Uh, Mike gets out of the car and says, oh, you'll do fine. Greg continues to sit in the car and pretends to be driving on a speedway. Marsha and Jan walk by with school books and giggle at him. Greg looks at them and with a stern look he says, I wish you kids would keep your junk out of the driveway. (laughs) Marsha looks at him. He should have
1: said shit. That would have been funnier. (laughs)
0: Marsha looks at him and says, kids? Jan says, look who's calling who kids. Greg looks at the silly girls and says, when you're old enough to drive a car, you're not a kid anymore. Jan mockingly says, Oh, big man. Greg goes on, and for your information, they don't give a license to just anybody. In 24 hours, I'm going to have one that says, Greg Brady, qualified driver. Marcia says, if you pass the test. Greg goes to get out of the car, but forgets to unbuckle his seatbelt and gets caught up. The girls giggle their asses off. Greg looks back at them with a look of death, and then they freeze frame. They freeze they frame. Yeah. They, I think they freeze frame and zoomed in like They did. A, like it's a fucking kung fu movie. Hell yeah, they did. I was waiting for the doo, you know something <laughs> like
1: that. Um when they were driving, that looked like the same neighborhood the house is in. It looks like they went to that neighborhood and drove around that neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. You didn't notice? I
0: I looked a little bit, but uh-huh. I, no, I couldn't um
1: tell. when the girls are giggling at Greg, yeah. to me it came across as flirting. <laughs> it didn't come it across kinda. as them teasing their brother at all, right? Yeah, well, they're like, a, hee- hee- hee. I bet it's you like, won't give you me so a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you won't let me sit on your lap and steer. <laughs> what? Okay. So, scene two. Greg walks into the kitchen and notices Alice looking at the driver's handbook. Greg says, "Oh, you've got it! I've been looking everywhere for that." Alice hands it to him and says. Boy, there sure are a lot of rules and regulations. <laughs> Greg comments on how he has to know all of it exactly. Alice says, Even if I could learn the written part, I'd still have a problem. Greg asks, what? Alice says, I don't know how to drive. Hmm. Greg asks, you mean you've never driven? Alice says, only shopping carts and after 100,000 miles and only one accident. Hmm. Greg laughs and says, if you really want to learn... I can teach you, it's easy. Alice doubts him and he brings her over to the kitchen table. Greg pulls out two chairs to mock a car and he hands a glass platter for a steering wheel. Alice says, oh, that's a fancy steering wheel. Alice starts making engine noises like they're driving down the road. Greg, like a dick, says, hold it. You forgot to turn on the engine. Alice says, oh, I'm sorry, then pretends to start it and put it in gear And just as she's about to go again, Greg says, hold it. Mm -hmm. You can't just pull away from the curb without checking behind you. Alice says, oh, yeah. Alice checks in her quote unquote mirrors and then sets off down the fake road. They're smiling and driving along. Alice comments on how quiet the engine is. Mm -hmm. Greg compliments her saying she's doing just fine. But then Greg says, you better watch it, Alice. You're on the freeway. Alice jumps and says, the freeway, she hands the platter, quote unquote, steering wheel back to Greg, and Greg says, oh no, I'm not driving on the freeway. Greg panics and quickly hands hands back the steering wheel. She grabs it and continues on down the freeway. She's doing well until... What? Bobby and Cindy walk right in front. (laughs) Alice... Quickly turns the steering wheel just barely missing them as she screams look out bobby asks what are you doing alice he should have said hey i'm walking here (laughs) um (laughs) um what are you doing alice alice smiles and says i'm driving cindy scoffs and says in the kitchen alice stops and says no on the freeway bobby confused somehow Actually looks down the fake freeway to see if he sees a freeway. Alice goes on to say that it's her first driving lesson. Cindy then says we may get out of here. Bobby adds, yeah, there's this is no place for pedestrians. And they take off down the freeway. Oh, I mean living room.
0: Hmm. So like I felt like she wasn't taking this serious at all. No,
1: she's not. And uh, how the fuck is he teaching her anything? And who why would he teach her when he didn't even have a license? Right? I don't know <laughs> that's a good question. She's
0: learning how to steer around the kitchen. Yeah.
1: So at some point, Mike had to have known she doesn't have a license. At some point, Mike had to have known if she if she is willing to try to get a license, Mike had to have known that she wants a license. And he had to have known that she's willing to learn. So at some point did he just fucking refuse to show her? Who? Mike? Yeah. Why does Mike have to teach her anything? Well, because she was with Mike before all this before they got married.
0: I gotcha, but she obviously didn't have any interest in learning to drive. She
1: acts like it in this scene, she does. Yeah, she does. She's like, I never learned. Mm. <laughs> well, it's not up to Mike. Mike's
0: not her dad.
1: No, no, but he was she was with Mike for a long time, and I'm sure I mean he has a car. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that if she was to say, well, I never learned to drive, I wouldn't mind driving. You know, it'd be convenient for Mike if his maid could drive the kids
0: around. (laughs) Right. And go to the grocery store and stuff like that while he's at work. So does that mean Mike had to fucking, before Carol, Mm -hmm. Mike had to go to work all day, come home, and she's like, oh, we fucking need groceries. Exactly. And had to drive her to the grocery store. Yep. There's no way. But then again, we do learn later how she does get around. Yes, At the, end of the episode, so.
1: Um I mean, it would make things so much, uh, like we just talking about, it would make things so much more convenient if she did. But um, I love how Greg thinks that he's like a fucking expert like when <laughs> yeah. he doesn't have his life. He's like, you can tell he's kind of mimicking what Mike had said in the car. Yeah. Now you're doing just fine because he even says that in the first scene. So yeah. It's kind of fun.
0: <laughs> scene three, Carol, Marsha, and Jan are in the living room. Or is it the freeway? The freeway, don't know. yeah. Carol is waiting on Mike and Greg to come back from taking the driver's test. Jan asks, what's taking them so long? Marsha says, there'll be no living with him once he gets his license. Carol says, look, Marsha, I wouldn't tease him if I were you. You're going to be getting your license in a year or two. Jan says, boy, they'll give a license to anybody. Marsha says, is that so? Carol tells him to cool it. <laughs> Because Jen got heated there for a second.
1: She got all gangster and shit. (laughs) Yeah. So you want to say it to my face? She's like, I kind of did. I'm right next to you.
0: I don't know what the... How is that teasing him? Like, there'll be no living with him once he gets his license. I don't know what that means. I guess we won't be able to stand him because it'd be annoying. Yeah, like
1: he'll get a big head. Gotcha.
0: Just then Greg comes walking in the front door. Although, Jimmy doesn't look very happy. Aw. And he walks past Carol and the girls and says... Oh, Dad had to go back to the office. He said he'd be back in time for dinner. And then he sits down in the chair, just slumped over. Marshall looks at him and says, You don't have to tell us what happened, Greg. Jan adds, We can tell by the look on your face. Carol walks over to console him and says, A lot of people don't pass the first time, honey. What did the man say? Greg reaches into his pocket and says, He said to show you this. and he hands her a piece of paper? While Carol opens it up to see what it says, Greg starts snickering. Gerald smiles and says, oh, you, it's your license, you. Greg laughs and Carol congratulates him. The girls smile and Marsha, as she puts her hand on her hip, says, boy, that was pretty sneaky putting us on like that. Jan adds, "But we'll let you drive us around anyway. The girls congratulate him and they walk off. Carol boasts about it some more and goes on to tell him that he can borrow her car and she's sure that his dad will let him borrow his too. Greg says, but you don't have to worry about that anymore. Carol asks why. Greg goes on, now that I'm an official driver, I'll buy a car of my own. Carol, stunned, says to herself, a car of your own? Oh, Mike, do something. No, she didn't say that. Why does she fucking care? Why is it such a big deal if he has a car?
1: I know. And when
0: we find out Mike doesn't understand why she's been like that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, she was like this before too. What was it? A fucking bike or something that somebody wanted?
0: No, I think, it, no, she went, he wanted his own room.
1: And she's like, what's your right. own room? Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And his license is, is just a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> scene four. Next, we cut to Greg sitting on his bed with Peter and Bobby looking over his shoulder as he looks through a local car sales magazine. As he turns pages, Greg says, hmm, I want to watch one of these cars I'd rather have. Peter, the realist, says, boy, are you a dreamer? Bobby adds, yeah, what are you going to use for money? Greg, not really listening to his brothers, continues dreaming. The convertible is groovy. But the hard top is pretty sharp, too. Peter pipes up and says, Why don't you get them both, Mr. Moneybags? No. Oh. Greg stops, looks, and says, You guys think I'm kidding about getting a car. Bobby says, Well, if you're not, you're nuts. Hmm. Greg adds, Well, just to prove it, uh, he looks at Peter and says, Hey, Peter, now that I'm going to be getting a car, I don't need my bike anymore you can have it. Peter's eyes brighten and he asks, I can? Then pauses and asks, what's the catch? Greg rolls his eyes and says, can't a guy perform a simple act of generosity without being suspected? Peter lights up and says, boy, I've always said you were the greatest. He looks at Bobby. Didn't I, Bobby? Bobby chimes in and says, no. Just this morning, that Peter pipes up and interrupts him and says, Who asked you? (laughs) Thanks, Greg. Greg laughs and says, Think nothing of it. (laughs) Uh, So how does Greg intend to get around until he gets a car if he just gave away his bike? (laughs) Right. And like he doesn't ride bikes for fun? Like, run for fun. Sorry. Different movie. (laughs) of fun is that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Hmm. But, I mean, also, his dad's car is so... His dad's car has got to be as nice as anything he's looking at in that magazine. It's a fucking Barracuda. Are you kidding? Yeah. A convertible at that. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he not want to just drive his dad's car around?
0: Because he wants his own set of wheels, man. Yeah, but if my mom
1: had a fucking Barracuda, like, fuck the Hornet.
0: But but he had to share it with his dad. Yeah, that's true. It's not like our moms where they just went to work and they were home all the fucking time. Right. Like, his dad works. He fucking plays golf. He fucking goes to meetings. He fucking whatever.
1: True. Yeah, why, why does Bobby say, Bobby's hair almost looks like a like a lighter shade of brown?
0: Probably because he's not really a brunette, and they had to dye his hair. Oh, he's not? I didn't know. No, they, he was a blonde, and they had to actually dye his hair like every so often, every oh, few weeks or every whatever, however often he had to dye his hair. Or, excuse me, color his hair, not dye. Nice. Yeah, that's for all you uh cosmo- cosmonauts out there?
1: I think I think that's it. No, no that's... no. I think I nailed that. No, cosmonauts is like when they tell you your fortune and stuff. Like, oh, like, oh right. you're Sagittarius? Like, yeah, I'm not into cosmonology. That's true. So, yeah.
0: yeah, we nailed that. Yeah. I feel good about that. <clears throat> so, uh, first of all, you like my Peter Pipes up ones I threw in there. What's that? You didn't even notice them. I threw in two Peter Pipes up. Oh, did Just you? For nice. You. I thought that sounded
1: more. written really well. <laughs> I was like, man, this is written well.
0: God, did I write this? Yeah, there's a few more in there. You're welcome. Boom. All right, scene five. A little while later, Mike walks into the boys' room where Greg is still looking through the magazine, and he asks, hey, so I hear you're thinking of buying a car. Greg says, yeah, I mean, why should I inconvenience you and Mom always borrowing yours? Mike says, well, that's very considerate of you. Mike takes a look at the magazine and asks, are these the ones you had in mind? Greg says, Uh, no, dumbass. <laughs> this guy. Are these the ones? Oh, okay, Greg. Like you think I got a job. But I got to try and get something as close to it as I can. Mike continuing to look at the cars and says, Phew, that's a pretty fancy machine. Mike puts the magazine down and looks at Greg and says, A gentle reminder to you, my boy. Your name is Brady and not Onassis. Greg pulls his bank ledger out of his pocket and says, read this, bitch. Now, <laughs> now he says, uh, I'm going to buy it, Dad. I've been saving, look, $109. Boom. By the way, I did my little conversion. Of course, I can't ask you what you think it is. So it's in the notes. It's in the notes, but the conversion of $109 from 1971 money to 2021 money is seven hundred and one dollars and three cents
1: i would have assumed closer to nine to nine hundred only because when they found the wallet it was a hundred and fifty three dollars or something like that and it was like eleven or twelve hundred dollars so i would have assumed Uh,
0: yeah still seven hundred dollars to go buy a new car what is that going to get you these days it's
1: not it's going to get you a piece of shit
0: yeah well Hmm. i guess we find out what uh greg gets exactly Mike, taking a look at his ledger, says, Hey, you have been adding to it. That's good. He hands the ledger back and says, But I want you to promise me one thing. Before you buy anything, I want you to let me look at it. Greg agrees. So remember that, everybody.
1: Yes, he agrees.
0: Mike adds, How did you manage to save all that? Greg says, It wasn't easy. I had to give up a lot of necessities of life. Mike asks, Like what? Greg continues, Pizza and french fries and girls. Mike laughs at his son and goes, Girls? (laughs) Girls? No, seriously, what would you do? He's like,
1: you mean boys? I mean, right,
0: girls. (laughs) Greg, thanks for a second. Well, mostly pizza and french fries. And then they both laugh.
1: (laughs) I was surprised at the Onassis reference. I was like, wow. (laughs) Well, this is 71. Right, but I mean, by this... you know, she was already known as a Kennedy. I mean, the Onassis family, of course, but right. she was already known as a, as a Kennedy. So, I was kind of surprised at the Onassis.
0: Yes. Yeah. Hmm.
1: hmm. And also, wow, a whole $109.
0: Well, got to think, you know, what if, like, Jake came up to you and said, Hey, I saved up $700. That'd
1: be impressive. I'd be like, where the fuck did you give this money for? Right. But, I mean, back then, it seemed like they let kids actually work more. You know what
0: i mean like or plus they get an allowance that's true yeah jake doesn't mm-hmm. really get an allowance yeah, my son yeah.
1: scene six mm-hmm. now we're in the den with mike trying to work mm-hmm. with while carol buzz killington brady is saying nay whining to mike shocking yeah I still don't like the idea of a 16 year old owning his own car. Jeez oh, Mike sighs and says, "Look honey, we did promise him, and he's had driver's education at school. Mm-hmm. He passed his test. He really is a good driver. Carol says, "I know, but why why can't the why can't he drive your car or my car? Mike reminds her and says, Your carps." Okay. <laughs> Which is what he should have said. That's what he should have said. Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean, Carol? You don't have a car. Mm. <laughs> Mike says, "In the long run, what's the difference? What difference does it make? Your car, my car, his car? You got to be logical." Damn. Yeah. Carol says, "I don't have to be logical. I'm a mother." Damn. I'm a woman. I ain't got to be logical yeah. for shit. Mike laughs and says, "I think you're worrying prematurely." Because by the time he saves enough money for the one he wants, the 1999 models would have been out. (laughs) Carol shakes her head and says, Oh no, he wants to buy a car right now. Mike says, look, he's only got $100. He's not going to be satisfied with anything he can get with that. Carol asks, just $100? Mike assures her, yes, delusions of grandeur. I mean... What kind of car could he get for a hundred dollars? Oh man. Hmm. So Yeah. Like we had discussed earlier, like she's done this in the past. Yeah. Like for some reason, she does not want the kids to own anything or have anything themselves.
0: <laughs> I know. It's all for one and one for all. I think that was Mike's phrasing, by the way, back like in the first episode. Uh,
1: apparently. Like I'm surprised they don't go to dinner. What are you doing? Getting your getting myself a plate? Why do you have to why can't you eat off my plate? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Really? That's so funny. I mean Yeah. Um Mike, do something. But I mean, anything he does in his car he can do in their car. What do you mean? Like Well like Caitlin brought this up last night. She's like are they afraid he's going to, like, buy drugs or something? Because he can do that in their car. Like, what's what could he possibly do in his own car that they, they, they he can't do in their car?
0: Um, it's all about, like, bringing people down. They can't own property. That's true. Mm-hmm. Look at Alice. They won't even let her have a driver's license.
1: And also, <clears throat> I got a feeling you're going to disagree with me on this.
0: Oh, boy. Here we go.
1: But 100% Carol has a mullet. <laughs> I think she does.
0: Yeah. I don't remember, but I remember her having a mullet at one time.
1: I mean, if you look at her straight on, that's 100% PTA business. You know what I mean? For sure. And if she turns around, you're like, oh, yeah, you got to, like this
0: flap in the back.
1: Yeah. And turn around, it's like, you know, Kip Winger, you know, walking away from you.
0: So. <laughs> Kip Winger. An old reference. Yes. So. Mm. Then again, we we're talking about the Brady Bunch. So exactly. There you go. <laughs> Scene seven. We'd immediately cut to Greg talking to his buddy, Eddie, who is trying to sell a convertible junky piece of shit with a sign on it that reads, for sale like new on it. <laughs> the guy says, she's a beauty, ain't she, Greg? I'm only selling her because I need a fast hundred bucks. You know, I got five or six guys just waiting to buy this baby, but I'm cutting you such a good deal because I want a friend to have it first. Greg thanks Eddie for that and says, there's an awful lot of chrome missing down there. And these dents? Eddie chimes in, What chrome missing? I got them right here. As he reaches in the back seat and pulls out missing chrome pieces. Eddie goes on, Just straighten them out. And as for these dents, just take it to the auto shop at school and they'll pound them right out for you. As he slaps him on the arm, Greg tries to open the door to get in, but he can't. Eddie says, So it sticks a little. And when you own a convertible, you don't open the door. You just jump right in. He pushes Greg aside as he casually and very cool-like jumps right in the driver's seat. He reassures him by smiling and saying, Sports car, right? Greg smiles and says, Right. And he does tell him that if he does want to do it the regular way, it does work, as he kicks the door open from the inside. Greg then notices the big tear in the back of the front seat. And he just says, So what? Just sew it up. Greg thinks for a moment. Eddie continues the sales pitch and says, listen to this horn. And the wipers work and Greg interrupts him and asks to hear the engine. Eddie says, sure, it purrs like a kitten. Eddie turns the key and the car comes to life with a big roar and shakes violently from where it sits. Greg seems concerned by this. Eddie ensures him by yelling over the loud engine and backfires, Runs a little rough until she's warmed up. Then she's great. Greg says, Yeah, I can feel it. Eddie has a worried look on his face and shuts the car down. He says, The adult just needs to be adjusted. All this baby needs is just a little bit of work. And he slaps us out of the car. Greg, coming to his senses, says, Yeah, Eddie, I don't know. Eddie gets out of the car in a panic and says, Hey, for just 100 bucks and a little bit of work, you get yourself a car that's maybe worth 500 Greg smiles and asks, Is that all it takes is a little work? And he touches him on the chest and says, Positive. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw in the repair manual absolutely free. With this, a 10-year-old could fix her up. Greg looks through the manual and says, Well, I told my dad I'd let him look at anything I bought first. Eddie thinks for a second and then asks, what time is it, Greg? Greg looks at his watch and says, it's 3.20, and then asks why. Eddie sighs and says, well, it's going to be gone by the time you get your dad here. I got a guy coming in 10 minutes. Eddie puts the for sale sign back on the car. Eddie continues, and with him, it's a sure deal. Greg thinks for a second and says, yeah, I don't know. Eddie assures him that it's a great deal. Eddie then adds, Or would you rather wait another five years for a set of wheels? The camera zooms in on Greg as he really thinks about what Eddie just said. Mm. <clears throat> Go ahead, because I got a lot.
1: Uh-huh. Um, first of all, this car is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, How can the, you
0: tell where they're going to look at it, Jimmy?
1: There's n- I'm sitting there watching it thinking, there's no way Greg is not stupid. There's no way. <laughs> um, but also, that looks like the, the Paramount backlot behind him. It looks like that's like one of the production buildings. Like It looks like it was oh, in a pretty sure. bad spot. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> also, that's a 1956 Chevy Bel Air, which is actually a really nice car. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I did a little bit of research to figure out, okay, I would classify this as a project car. For because, sure. like in my opinion, some of what, um, some of what Eddie is saying is that his name Eddie. Uh, some of what Eddie Eddie's saying isn't exactly false. It is going to take some work, and he could fix it up if he wanted to. Yeah, and if he did, he could have a, a nicer running car. Mm-hmm. If this is the '70s and his car's from '56, you know that would be yeah. like me and you buying an old car from like. 2000 and trying to fix it up, but yeah. if it was a, an iconic car like the Bel Air, you know, yeah. like us buying a 2000 Camaro and trying to fix it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, So I did some research online to see what the cheapest 56 Bel Air project car I could find was. Okay. Now I didn't spend, uh, I know people going to listen to this going, well, there's a guy down the street, selling. So. okay, I didn't look at the guy down the street from you. I only looked on like eBay and places like that.
0: Right? <laughs> okay. so, I didn't look at the guy living down the street from you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I was looking for something that was in driving condition, but it needed a lot of work because it was kind of a piece of shit. Okay. Um, What roundabout ballpark figure do you think I was able to find? (laughs) Uh, One, I I would say that it's close to this condition. Yeah. Um, What what kind of uh, price price range range do you think I found?
0: So is this like a classic car? I'm guessing. This is a
1: fifty yeah, the fifty six Air. Yeah.
0: I don't mean classic because yeah, it's old so it's considered classic. Yeah. Like meaning like is this like a collector's car?
1: Like you ever have you ever heard of like a quote unquote fifty seven Chevy? Yeah. This is the fifty six. Like this is one year off from that iconic car.
0: Gotcha. Uh well seeing is in this condition, but it's a it sounds like a collectible. So there's probably a little bit I would say maybe I don't
1: know, twelve hundred dollars? 10000 Holy shit. (laughs) And to put it in perspective, Greg bought this for $700.
0: (laughs) Well, in 2021 money... Oh, sorry. That is 2021 money. And so
1: that would be like me and you buying a 2000 Camaro that runs but needs work for $700.
0: Well, what you should have done is looked up a 2000 Camaro. That's true. I didn't think about that. But but, yeah. yeah. So this is much older, which makes it more collectible, (laughs) more vintage. Yeah. Um, But still ten thousand dollars
1: fully restored i saw one for one hundred and twenty nine thousand. dollars holy shit so yeah
0: <clears throat> so i liked this actor guy eddie i thought he did a really I thought good, he did job. A good job too yeah he did he had great facial expressions he he's doing that great salesman act really well i was like who is this guy mm-hmm. i looked him up to try to see if he was anybody and he's really not um he didn't have too many acting credits his name is christopher beaumont he didn't have too many acting credits. He did a lot of stuff like back in the seventies and eighties. Like he did, he was on Chips. He was on Fame. He did Highway to Heaven. Um, but he was also a writer and producer of some of those episodes as well. Okay. So, um, and also later in life, <clears throat> turns out he was the stepfather to Robin Thicke.
1: Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. But there was also some interesting facts about Christopher Beaumont's dad which I is that Charles last Beaumont. Funny. Okay, yeah. So his father, Charles Beaumont, Beaumont was a writer. He was fascinated with, like, dark tales type stories. Right. So he would write stuff like that, but he was also... Um, he even wrote a couple stories that were published in Playboy when he was in his 20s. Okay. He was later the main writer along with Rod Serling for the early years of The Twilight Zone. Hmm. Um, also... Not so fun fact, but his childhood wasn't that good. Remember, we're talking about his dad, not this guy, Eddie. Okay. Um, His childhood was not that good due to his mother having mental illness. So one story I happened upon was one time as a punishment, she made made young Charles dress up as a girl as she killed one of his pets in front of him. What the hell? I know, right? So, sadly, later, he became ill with uh, Pick's disease and early onset Alzheimer's disease and died at the ripe old age of 38. Holy shit. And yeah, remember, this is Eddie's dad, not Eddie. Yeah, himself. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Eddie, I think, is still alive and, you know, doing stuff. But um, anyway, I, oh boy, I found out all that just because I... I like this actor, yet. I thought he did a really good job in that short scene, and I thought I'd, I'd see him everywhere, you know, and like yeah, yeah. even turning out to be, oh, shit, it's that guy, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, no. Wow, okay. It's you know. sad, man. Yeah. Scene eight. Mm-hmm. Now, we're back in the Brady house. Alice and Carol are in the kitchen making a grocery list. All of a the sudden, they hear a honking of a car. What? Yeah. A few beeps. And then what sounds like the mating call of a lovesick moose?
0: Who says that? Alice does. Alice calls it that. Yeah. yeah.
1: It immediately cuts to the girls upstairs in their room, also hearing the mating call. Hmm. Cindy asks, "The fuck is that?" Not sure it's that. It would have been funny if she did. Jan adds that Jan adds that it sounds horrible. The girls take off to go down to see what it is. He cuts to Mike in his den, also hearing the lovesick moose, and he leaves to see what it is. Hmm. And, of course, also, Peter and Bobby from their room.
0: Mm-hmm. So, i wondering what it is. So, scene it, nine. It's,
1: it's probably his car, because we just saw it, it as a piece of shit.
0: Oh, but Come. I thought he was going to wait till Mike looked at it. I
1: don't
0: know. he was instructed, he's, he he's agreed upon. a young
1: rebel. He's groovy.
0: So, scene 9, the whole family gathers out in the backyard to see Greg trying to open the hood of the rolling convertible box he just bought, but is having trouble. Meanwhile, the sad sound of the dying horn is still loudly blaring. While still trying to open the hood, he notices the whole family staring at him. He smiles and says, hi. Mike yells over the noise and asks, Greg, could you turn that thing off? Greg walks towards Mike and says, Dad, I've tried. As soon as they get the hood open. And just as he says that, the hood bursts open. Greg stops and turns around and then reaches in and finally stops the horn. He then looks at his adoring family and asks, So how do you like her? The whole family begins to laugh at him and his jalopy. Greg says, She's mine, all mine, and slaps the side of the car and then steam begins to pour from the engine. The supportive family sees this and all begin to laugh at him more. Alice even says, head for the hills, men. The dam is busted. They all laugh. Except
1: Mike. He is not amused. They are straight up laughing and I would be fucking pissed.
0: <clears throat> uh-huh. Oh, it gets worse later.
1: Also, how did he register the title and, and do all that?
0: probably didn't do that he probably just drove us straight home from eddie's
1: Hmm. all right so this is where we take our next
0: break so greg has bought himself his first set of wheels but it may not have been the best deal after all no
1: Mm -mm. i don't think it was
0: damn we'll be
1: back Space. The final frontier.
0: These are the voyages of the waste vessel, the Black Swirl. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new stories, to seek out new laughs and new absurdity. To boldly go where no sci-fi podcast has gone before. Welcome to Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. And guess what, Jimmy? We're back. Yes. Back again.
1: Fat guy sex.
0: Fat guy sex.
1: <laughs> Nobody has any clue what that means. <laughs> no. All
0: right. Well, on our break, Jimmy was beatboxing. Yes. And he did the fat boys. <laughs> Whatever. And I was like, that sound like fat guy sex. Oh. And now you're in on the joke.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: So Jimmy, yes, what, what was it that you wanted to ask <laughs> uh, when we were coming back? We were going to come back from break. You were going to say something, and I was like, "Well, well let's save it. We'll wait till we come back I'm and then go
1: back and look at my notes."
0: So uh, you were going to say something. Go
1: ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have no idea what I was going
0: to say. Damn, Jimmy, you're like always so good at this. You know, I do remember like. You ever watch Seth Meyers like his show that nope. comes on? I don't know. I, I watched it a lot when it first came out.
1: I don't. I don't. I don't watch too much nighttime stuff anymore because it's so right. political.
0: Yeah. But like, if did you ever watch Seth Meyers? Nope. <laughs> One thing he would always do during his monologue is because he also had um what's that like SNL guy that was on there that's on his uh, show Fred Armisen. Yeah, Fred Armisen. He would always like turn to him and Fred Armisen. He always force Fred Armisen into this improv every time and he would always set up something for him and it was different every single night <laughs> and it would just set him up to do this full like whole like improv thing and it was so funny every night and I was just impressed with his like improv game.
1: So me and you both have 14 year olds.
0: Well, not yet. My son will be 14 in March, but yes. I thought
1: he was already 14.
0: No, they're six months younger. Five months. Five months. That's right. I always say six months and you remind me. No, no, it's five months. And it's younger. five months to the day. October 9th and March 9th. Exactly. That's right.
1: right. Um, but either way, we both have teenagers. Yeah. Um, I don't know how your set is, but mine is already talking about what cars he wants. No. To the point where there's a guy around the corner with the model that he wants sitting in his driveway, and it's obviously sitting there a while. He totally 100% wants to go up to the door and knock on it and say, hey, what's up with this car in your driveway? Like, can <laughs> I buy it? Um, you should totally do that. Because he knows that I have the tools, and, you know, I like to think I have the know how to do fix that. it. Um Well, that's always been the agreement. Well, The way we worded it to him was, you know, you can either get a car when you're 16. It's probably not going to be what you want, but it'll be reliable and easy to work on. Or you can get more of something that you do want when you're 14, but it's going to be a piece of shit and you're going to have two years to fix it up. Yeah. So that's always been the agreement, right? And he's been, now he's starting to pressure us, you know? Um how do you see the purchase of your son's first car going? Like how do you, like nowadays is different. Like obviously right. kids don't save up money like Greg did. Um, right. Kudos to Greg. But
0: My goal, what I would love to happen in a perfect world, perfect scenario. So I must call him Jimmy. Although I'm still <clears throat> not convinced that, means that. I
1: can call you dad. I'm <laughs> still not convinced Daddy.
0: that he's not yours yet because you two are so
1: much alike. Is this going to be some story about you buying a Dodge or something and giving him in your old car? No. I'm, te- I'm teasing. I'm joking. Like I got a feeling that's what you're saying. That's God.
0: <laughs> so my goal is to um, have a decent job to where I can buy a smudge, Schmalinger, <laughs> and then let him use my old car yeah, that I have yeah, now. Yeah. No, but yes, that is my plan. In perfect world, I'd love to be able to upgrade my car and uh, just have him use mine. Not necessarily give it to him, but maybe give it to him.
1: Does he seem like he's into cars at all? Or no? no. So he no. probably wouldn't care driving that
0: no not at all okay um, at least not right now but a lot can change in a couple of years right, um, right, right he's still like a very young 13 so I don't want to talk too loud because he can hear me or he potentially could hear me right now and he's still a very young 13 so like he still has a, he still has like the little kid voice and you know so. right.
1: see my son Um, you haven't seen him in a little bit you saw him I've a few seen, months ago
0: he's like a man he's yeah, like he's, taller than us he's
1: taller than me like he's starting to fill out when the last, the latest thing I've noticed was he's starting to fill out shoulder wise and everything. Yeah. So he's, he, he, he's taking on more like, like, you know, my older brothers, all of them are taller than me. And when I was growing up, they're all bigger than me. And he's kind of taken on, on their size. Um, and the vehicle he wants is a, um, a 99 to maybe 2003, uh, Jeep XJ, the old boxy Jeep Wranglers. Yeah, the, the square body ones. I like
0: boxy um, vehicles
1: because you can pick them up in really good condition for about three grand. Um, Fifteen hundred getting into the territory where it probably needs transmission problems and stuff, or has transmission problems and stuff. Yeah, um, that's what he really, really, really wants. Um, so I have the suburban, um, and so I was I was kind of secretly hoping he would want my suburban, <laughs> so that I had a reason <laughs> to buy another one. Um, but he doesn't. Um, yeah, he wants a Jeep so I'll probably have the Suburban a while so hmm. my daughter has already said she really doesn't care what she drives <laughs>
0: right. although
1: Jake has said that he wants to learn in the Suburban he does not want to learn in the Jeep he wants to learn in the Suburban because it's as a he big puts it, vehicle yeah but as he puts it and you've owned big vehicles yourself Yeah. as he puts it if you can drive that you can drive anything
0: I guess so
1: I see his point like if you're used to driving in the Suburban I'm like here borrow my hatchback <laughs> wow, that shit's easy to drive, but mm-hmm. if you used to drive in a hatchback, here bar my Suburban, you'd be like, "Fuck, I can't drive that." So that's I know Chase it's like Burton.
0: your vehicles, because you guys have a lot of vehicles. It's either a like a huge bus or <laughs> it's a roller skate, <laughs> and right, like everybody. there's no in between. Do you guys have a regular sized car?
1: Well, the 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 tracks, the little blue one. That's a that's a SUV. that's <laughs> a roller skate. Well, that's an SUV. I guess it's bigger so, than your yeah.
0: car. Well, pff, that's not saying much. I drive a Kia Actually, Rio. The,
1: the, the inside probably <laughs> isn't, if I'm completely honest. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, my we, car is pretty roomy. The Forerunner's kind of mid sized. Forerunner? Yeah. That's a mid for an SUV? Well, I would think so. It's smaller than a Suburban. Well, <laughs> no
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a mini, a mini bus. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that thing is huge. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But our,
1: our newest uh, our next car is going to be. Um, we're trading in the 4 and getting a uh, Camry. So we'll have the little hatchback, we'll have the Camry, which is the midsize like you're talking about, and yeah. then we'll have the Suburban.
0: That's cool. Yep. All right. Well, let's get back into this. Okay. See, Jimmy, you did it.
1: I did <clears throat> it.
0: <laughs> ding, 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 Sorry. Every time I say we did it, that's like from Door of the Explorer.
1: We did it. Uh, yeah. We did it. They we had a did live it. action coming out of
0: it. I know. I never saw it, but I want to see it because the trailer looked funny.
1: You want to see it because you think she's hot, don't you?
0: No, I don't even remember who oh, it is. Okay, okay. Right. Who is it? Is it I somebody that's hot? I don't know. I have no idea. The trailer just looked funny. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, I
1: did. Yeah, it they kind of makes fun of itself a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: And every time I'm like, hey, Randall, let's watch this. And he's like, no. Nah.
1: Is it kind of immature that I really want to see the, <laughs> the new Tom and Jerry movie that's coming out? No. With Chloe Moritz? I wouldn't watch it. Like, Have you seen the trailer for it? Yeah, but I don't remember much about it. Yeah, it's, it actually looks really funny. Who's in it? Chloe Moritz.
0: Oh, Chloe? Yeah. Oh, she's cute, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's cute. She did the
1: voice it. of um, Darby on My Friends Tigger and Pooh.
0: Oh, right, right. She was
1: also in Kick-Ass.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's been in a lot of this stuff, too. I think
1: she was... Wasn't she in a movie where she had to make out with some girl or something? Probably. I don't know. Anyways. Anyway, we got we way off track. All yes, right.
0: <clears throat> so, let's get back into this. So... When we left off, Greg wanted to buy his first car and Mike gave permission for him to do so as long as he was able to inspect it before he bought it. But Greg did not listen. No. And he may have to pay the price for his mistake. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Jimmy, go ahead. Scene 10.
1: Scene 10. Oh, you just said that. Yeah. Scene 10. We continue in the driveway... As Greg is tightening up the radiator cap and Mike asks, you mean to tell me you actually bought this? uh, uh, Uh Greg slams the hood down and says, it's a classic, Dad. Carol whispers to Mike, do you think it's safe to drive it? Damn. Mike says, I think the safest car you can have is one that's not going to run.
0: You know, that is a deep statement, by the way. I sat there and listened to that like, he's right. The safest car you can have is one that doesn't run. Yeah. It's true. Pointless, but it's true. Unless there's
1: a tornado coming straight at your house, in which case that's the most unsafe car. I guess so. So. Greg assures him that with a little work on it, it'll run great. Mike says, listen, I thought you promised me that you're going to let me look at anything before you bought it. Mm -hmm. Greg sighs and says, I know. I had to move fast. A lot of other guys wanted to buy this car. But my best friend, Eddie, offered it to me first. Hmm. It was such a great bargain. I thought you would understand. Carol looks at Mike and says, some friend, that Eddie. Damn. What a bitch. Mike agrees and asks Greg what he paid for it. Greg smiles and proudly says, 100 bucks. Eddie, Eddie said it was a steal. Mike agrees that it was a steal. Hmm. Greg goes on to say that Eddie even threw in the repair manual and that even a 10 year old could fix it. Mike looks at the manual. Carol says, well, I'll leave you two mechanics to work on things. I'll be back in about an hour to see Old Faithful to blow again. And she walks off. What a bitch. Yep. Mike, after looking through the manual, asks, well, do you think you can get it started so I can hear the engine? Greg, with a worried look on his face, says, "Uh, Sure, Dad. Greg goes to open the door, but then tries to show off by jumping into it real cool-like, only to completely tumble into the car.
0: (laughs) That was so fun. That was done well, too. Yeah, it was, yeah.
1: (laughs) Greg turns the key, and the engine roars to life, shaking and rattling. Mike has a look of shock when it starts up. Greg, looking awkward, looks at Mike and yells over the engine, How does it sound? Mike says, like fucking geese heading south. Like, like fucking sick, dying geese heading south.
0: The actual line was like a flock of geese, but I heard it is like fucking oh. geese.
1: <laughs> that's funny. Sorry. Greg shuts the car down and tells Mike, Eddie says that's just the idol. Nothing more than a few turns of a screwdriver can't fix. Mike has a great deal of concern on his face. Greg hops out of the car and says, What do you think, Dad? With a new coat of paint? Maybe a rally stripe down the hood? uh, Mag wheels? And a whip antenna for the radio? Mike stops him and says, Don't you think uh, that's going to strain your budget just a little bit? Greg says, No. Not if I do all the work myself. Shouldn't cost much at all. Mike jokes and says, Not much more than a Rolls Royce he should have said that line is an old school comedian no? not much more then a Rolls Royce and you hear all the ha clapping <laughs> um, Greg laughs and says well maybe I can do a little bit at a time Mike caves and says alright we'll work it out Mike looks at it and says you know it kind of reminds me of an old car my dad used to have he pauses for a second and says as a matter of fact like it is my dad's old car. Burn. And, oh. and then he, like, pulls on a microphone from somewhere and just fucking drops <laughs> it on the on the driveway. I wanted to off. say
0: that a couple of times, but I couldn't yeah. find the right time to say it. But I think you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his was fumbling the car. It was, like, done so well because it looked like a real fumble. Like, he yeah. actually tripped. It was fucking awesome.
1: But, like, like, nowadays, like, who would see, like, again, a 2000 Camaro would be like... <laughs> This looks like my fucking dad's old car. No, it looks like Bumblebee. What the fuck are you talking about? This isn't a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> this is a relatively nice car. Like, so, I don't know. <laughs> um, I th- In my opinion, as a parent, I think Greg should be punished. For what? Well, I mean, I understand it's his money, but he promised that he would let Mike look at the car.
0: I think life is going to punish him anyway yeah, because of true. this mistake. I think he'll learn a, a good lesson out of it. And, right. I mean, he's like 16.
1: What are you going to punish him with? I don't know, but I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, if he can't, I mean, he's already shown constraint saving his money. Yeah. But as a parent, I would, I wouldn't force him, but I would at least offer him and say, "Hey, would you, would you rather us hold on to the money? That way, you can't do this again. Unless I look at it, and the only way I'm gonna give you your money is if you let me look at it.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And I'll look at it, give you my opinion, and if you still want it, I'll give you the money. But you at least have to let me look at it before I give you the money. That way, at least you hear my opinion.
0: The way I look at it is just the way, same way as Mike does. I mean, he is going to learn his lesson, and I bet you he won't do this again.
1: He's not. I mean, uh, the way when kids get like this, they're not going to listen to their parents anyways. No, it's not going to happen.
0: He could his kid come out and said, "I don't think you should get it." He still would have got it exactly. But I still think I would just well, fuck it, whatever. All right, let's try to work on it. But at least
1: then Mike would have had a chance to try to talk sense into him. Yeah. Um. Why is Carol being such a raging bitch?
0: <laughs> like, your she's, car fucked up? I'll be back in an hour to watch it fuck up again.
1: Like, way to support your son. Like, she's not even remotely supporting him in any way, shape, or form. Right. The whole time she's acting like a fucking spoiled little baby because she never wanted Greg to have a car to begin with, and now she's all pissing and moaning. Like, okay, bitch, well, you didn't... get laughing at him when it
0: was yeah. messing up.
1: It's like, come on. Like, you didn't want him to have a car to begin with, and now you're pissed off because the car you didn't want him to have doesn't run? Like, can you pick your side, please? Like, what, right. what side of the face are you going to talk to now talk from next time? Um, and I thought it was funny. Mike is like, um, uh, Yeah, whose money are you going to pay for with that? Because <laughs> he's like, Isn't that kind of strain your budget? It's, like, mm-hmm. it's a polite way of saying, uh, well, I'm not spending money on this piece of shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, I'll do a little bit of a time. Yeah. Uh, later on, there's a montage that seemed like it. it Take about six hours. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, scene eleven. A little while later, we see Greg working on the car with the hood up and a manual in his hand, all covered in dirt, grime, and grease. While the other kids are helping him clean up the car, he runs over to Jan and says, "Don't stir paint with the socket wrench; you'll ruin it." Now, give it to me. Jan says, "Okay," and hands him the paint-covered wrench and puts paint all over his
1: hands
0: (laughs) so he walks over to Peter who is sanding down a dent Greg asks is all the rust coming off Peter says I hope not it's what's holding the car together (laughs) (laughs) Marsha then chimes in and says at least the upholstery is clean Greg Greg thanks for a job well done Greg walks around to the front of the car where she sees Bobby and Cindy underneath the hood with a vacuum cleaner. Greg asks, what are you doing? Cindy says that they're cleaning the engine. Bobby adds that there's a lot of grime and gunk in here. Greg says, you don't clean an engine with a vacuum? Get out of there. He then mutters under his breath,
1: kids that's right he should have said get that out of here the car sucks enough on its own (laughs) 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 I just made that up I just just thought it off top of my head um it's funny because in certain scenes Marsha does this thing where she she bites her bottom lip and it makes her look like she's about five years old okay like like she's trying to act like a toddler you didn't notice that
0: no but biting a bottom lip is more of a flirty thing
1: not in this one she looked like she was a child
0: well, she is and a child. Is. Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> um, why are they helping him? Because everybody what was that? laughing and teasing him earlier. And now they're all like, ah, I'm bored. I think I'm going to go bust my ass trying to fix up a piece of shit car. <laughs> um, Maybe they'll reap benefits from it with him having a car and being able to that's drive. That's true. And why is he running around checking on people?
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know. Like, he did not have something to do? Like, he did, he's not supposed to be working on the engine or something?
0: Uh, yeah, but he has to make sure they're all doing something the right thing.
1: I guess. Okay. Okay. Scene 12. Back inside the Brady house, we see Carol walking into the kitchen where we see Alice boiling a pot on the stove. Carol asks, Hey Alice, what you cooking? Alice quickly covers it with a lid and asks, Would you care to guess, Mrs. Brady? Mm. Carol laughs and says that it smells odd. Carol takes a few guesses like cabbage or Brussels sprouts. But Alice says no and adds... Specialty of the house. She pulls out a car part and says, boiled out carburetor a la Greg. They mm. both laugh. Mm. Sounds amazing. Okay, what the fuck is Carol wearing?
0: I did not notice. Shockingly, it, I didn't notice.
1: It looks like a mixture of like a Japanese kimono with like a set of curtains <laughs> from a hotel. Like, it looks horrible.
0: You have a kimono? Did you get that in Nam Those were popular back then, kimonos.
1: It it looks like like, the you know, Maria from The Sound of Music made him out of an old set of curtains that she found like it looks terrible <laughs> um, yeah. also do you know why they're boiling the carbon well I assume to
0: clean it because yeah, exactly. they don't have yeah. like a like a what's that sound thing
1: sonic cleaner sonic cleaner I've got one at the house
0: right and uh, they don't have that so you know they just figure well we'll boil it well, it's a little it bit, bit too
1: safer if you want to call it that as opposed to using some of the harsh chemicals and stuff like that but yeah, yeah. that's why yeah to clean it I'm not sure if you know
0: Scene 13, Jimmy, now it's big reveal time. Oh, shit. Because he he worked on it a little bit at a time, which really just seemed like one afternoon.
1: They use a really, really corny, I'm not going to call it an effect, but a a film gag, if you want to call it that, to to do this reveal, which I'm going to see if you know what I'm talking about in a second. Okay.
0: I can't think of what you're saying off the top of my head, but we'll
1: get to it. It's so simple that you you probably noticed and didn't even realize that's why they did it. Or you probably did. I don't know. Either Mm -hmm. way. We'll find out.
0: So it's a big reveal time. He brings everyone out in the backyard to show off the work he and everyone has been doing. He has the car covered in a large sheet and says that it took a lot of work, but he has the engine running like a watch. Hmm. Alice looks down and notices a bunch of car parts laid out on another sheet on the ground. She asks, what's that? Car parts for the watch? Greg says, no, I redesigned the engine. (laughs) Bobby heads, that's just extra junk we didn't need. Greg proudly says, all right, everybody, you're about to see the hottest set of wheels this side of Indianapolis, which is a weird thing to say in California. Then attempts to rip off the sheet,
1: only it's stuck. Oh, Indianapolis likes Speedway.
0: Oh. That makes total sense now. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, Greg continues to pull the sheet, but it won't budge. Peter pipes up (laughs) Mm. and says, I think we put the cloth on before the paint was dry. Greg says that he thinks it's just caught on the door and climbs over to unstick it. He finally yanks off the cloth to reveal a beautiful car. It looks brand new and is definitely the hottest set of wheels this host has seen on this side of Indianapolis. That's right. (laughs) Man. Oohs and ahs come from the family. Alice says it looks marvelous. Mm. Greg gets excited and says, wait until you hear the engine and climbs inside to start it up. It starts up perfectly. Nice. Nice. And purrs like a kitten. Nice. Man, I bet Eddie is going to eat his words. Hell yeah, he is. Greg goes on. I fixed the horn, too. In fact, I rewired all the electrical circuits. Listen to this horn. You notice when he said that, the carol is like, oh, look, look at my big man. Greg pushes down the horn and no noise is heard. Hmm. But instead, the wipers begin to go back and forth, all while spraying wiper fluid everywhere. Oh. Greg fumbles as he tries to turn it off, but now the roof is going up and down. Greg freaks out and tries to run to the back and is pushing down on the cloth top roof as it seems to have a mind of its own. Meanwhile, once again, his family mocks and laughs at him. Carol is literally pointing and laughing at him. (laughs) Nobody is offering to help him. Now steam begins to pour out from under the hood, just as the hood pops open and the mating call moose horn starts going off again, all while the seat reclines for no apparent reason. Mike gives him advice from afar and says, you better bail out. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot
1: of ADR in this scene. I didn't notice. I uh, noticed in the, the ghost town, but not in this. Yeah, this one there was um, a
0: lot of, especially when it was like, I think it's stuck on the, you can tell it was like all done in post, but anyway. <laughs>
1: um yeah I touched on it too once again everybody's fucking laughing at him which is sad but anyways Um, didn't he have a repair manual did he fucking read it like (laughs) like, or did he just look at pictures yep that's that yep that would have been Um, a funny thing for Mike to say
0: son uh, did you look at the repair manual
1: yeah but also like I started wondering like how did they rig the car like that? Like that had to have been a heavily rigged car. Oh my God.
0: I was thinking the same thing and I was almost typing that. Yeah. But I was like, no, that's a dumb
1: question. No, like, like they. But also, I got a feeling this car has been used before and I tried to find it and I couldn't find it. Because if you notice, <laughs> yeah, when you see the piece of shit car, right. you only see it from the passenger side.
0: I never really thought about it. No, that's not true because you see it from the driver's side in the beginning over our Eddie's.
1: Oh no, that's it. Yeah, from the driver's side. I'm sorry. You only see it from the driver's side when it's a piece of shit. Oh, and then when it magically transitions to a nice car, you only see it from the passenger side. So I think this car has yeah yeah because the only time you see the passenger side is at the end. For some reason, they flip the car around so that it's facing the driveway. Or facing the garage. Right.
0: I got you. And like, it is kind of, yeah, it's The weirdo, whole it's rest only of the time. one way yeah.
1: So I think this was a rigged car that they've used, that they had on the back lot for other movies and other TV shows. Right. Um Because one side looks like a piece of shit and the other side looks really nice and the car's already rigged to do all the shit.
0: Hmm. Oh, good question. It's like even back when they were like starting it up and it was like all shaking. And shit, yeah. I was like, how the fuck do they do that?
1: Yeah. So I got a feeling this car probably had a shit ton of wires running to it with a bunch of electrical shit inside it. Right. But I got a feeling it's it's designed to be nice on one side, piece of shit on the other. Mm, maybe. So, and in huh. a lot of movies, what they probably do is they probably just flip the screen. That way it'll yeah. look like the same car, same direction. Right, right, right. a reverse angle. Scene 14. Mm -hmm. A little while later, Mike and Greg are standing next to the car. Greg says, Boy, did I ever get stuck with a lemon. Mm. Mike goes to lean on the car and Greg stops him and says, Be careful, Dad. You're liable to crush the door. Damn. Mike laughs. Greg mumbles. Some friend that Eddie. Mike says, Oh, forget about Eddie. You made a business deal and he got the best of you. That's all. Greg says, well, that's the last time I do business with a friend. Mike says, Well, I think you learned something about the business world. Greg asks what he means. Mike goes on, Well, take sellers. They've got something to sell you, right? Naturally, they're going to make it sound as attractive as possible, even if it means exaggerating the truth a little. Greg says, You mean lie. Mike says, well, Yes, quite often they do, although, They might call it gliding the lily.
0: Gilding the lily.
1: Gilding the lily? Yeah.
0: I never heard of it either, but...
1: Mm, Okay. Yeah. Greg thinks about what his dad just told him. Mike goes on, the important thing is that as the buyer, you have to keep your guard up. It's the old principle of caveat emptor. Greg asks what that means. Mike says it's Latin for let the buyer beware. I feel like Mike throws out a lot of shit his kids don't understand just to get the satisfaction of them going, what does that mean, dad? You fucking know they don't mean it. Just fucking explain it. Anyways. <laughs> you know, it's
0: so funny. Pause right there. Yeah. Because I knew like you would feel that way. Yeah. And I was literally watching Mike's face when, after he said caveat emptor, right? He's like. No, no, he wasn't. Because I was like, I was expecting him to be like, hmm. Now I'm waiting for it. What is that? Well, there it is. Yeah. But he actually didn't have that face at all. He had it as if like. He was going to continue on, like oh, he knows about it. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting, but
1: yeah. um, or to put it another way, them who don't look sometimes get took. Mm-hmm. I feel like he made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did, yeah. Greg, not amused, says, Well, that Eddie really took me. Mm. Mike agrees and says, That he did. He had you hogtied and happy before you knew it, but you let it happen. Mm. The important thing is that you learn something. Greg says, Boy have I ever. Mike says good. So he's basically saying I told you so. They could have cut the whole scene out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it was a
0: really important scene. I like the scene. Yeah. Because uh Greg did learn a super valuable oh, lesson. Oh he did, yeah, for sure. For hundred bucks too, it's not well I mean, I guess it's kind of an expensive for lesson.
1: Well, spoiler alert for three hundred fifty dollars.
0: $350. In
1: today's money. You said it was
0: $700. Yeah. Why is it 350
1: Because he sells it. It's oh, well, oh,
0: right? oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that later yes. too, because that comes up later as well. I have a question on that. Um, yeah, but it, it's a, it's a lesson he will remember the rest of his life. And that's really the only way you can learn that lesson yep. is by doing it. So like, for instance, interesting story so my daughters have been buying cars left and right lately
1: lately yeah oh, okay
0: um like one of my daughters bought her sister a car and then you know they just between the two of them they have like three or four cars right now hmm. um and uh one of my daughters sent me a picture with like a car she's looking at you know a used car or not she's like what do you think dad and i was like well how many miles are on it and then she sent me the whole sheet on the wrap sheet on the car. And so I'm looking at the mileage. I'm looking at what they're charging. I'm like, well, it seems to be overcharging a little bit. Nothing crazy, but it's a little, seems a little overpriced, especially for that mileage in that year and all that. And, um, I was like, overall, I was like, I don't recommend you get this, but you know, like you said earlier, kids are not going to listen to you. Um, I was like, I don't recommend this as a good deal, but you know, caveat emptor, you know? And so, um, sure enough, problems already with this car um they between the two of them they have like three cars and they've all all of their cars have problems right now really? and they're having to send the shop for this and the shop for that getting it fixed But and um, they're learning this lesson right now that and sucks. um and it does suck but it's something you have to learn on your own you're not going to take somebody i can tell you all they don't do it. it's not a good deal but until this happens to you then now that's going to stick with you forever. And that's something that they'll one day turn on their own kids. Look, don't do this, mm-hmm. but they're not going to listen. See, hey,
1: with me, I did a lot of research on what I wanted before I bought. Yeah. You know, I knew that uh, the engine that the Suburban had, the one that mine has, uh, was a good solid engine. And if I could find one with low mileage on it, that the drivetrain would have been good. It's just all the peripheral stuff that's going to have a problem. Yeah. So I mean, it's one thing if you want a specific kind of vehicle, and um, you do your research and know what you're getting into. But yeah, <laughs> if you've ne- if you've never heard of the vehicle, never owned one or whatever, don't even know anything about it. Don't know how to work on cars. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, bring it to a mechanic before you buy it. Mm-hmm. And if they refuse that, then fuck it, don't buy it.
0: Yeah. All right. So scene 15. Up in the boys' room, Greg enters. Peter asks. Because he's nosy as shit What Greg was talking to dad about yeah. Greg says Oh A few facts of life Like Caveat emptor
1: Bobby asks What is that? Greg says <laughs> It means oh, I do don't you know do- I don't know I thought you wanted me to take over
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> Greg was doing that Caveat emptor
1: Like Oh what What's that? What is that? Yeah. Oh
0: You don't know? Oh jeez
1: Let me enlighten you <clears throat> children. children Yeah
0: yeah. So he says, yeah, we're talking about life and, you know, a copy at Emptor. Bobby asks what that is. Greg says, it means let the buyer beware in Latin. Peter pipes up and says, mm-hmm. yeah, don't you know anything? Bobby says, oh, I know Latin. eighty Bray. That's Bobby Brady in Latin. Peter rolls his eyes and says, that's pig Latin, loser. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was a bit harsh and kind yeah. of like a loser. Greg <laughs> <laughs> lays on his bed and says, Boy, I sure learned my lesson. When I get rid of that old clunk this time, I'm the seller. And it's the other guy that has to do the caveat emptor. Peter asks how he's going to get rid of it. Greg says, Find someone who's
1: dumber than I am. Bobby says, it isn't going to be easy. <laughs> yeah, I kind of walked into that one. Yeah. Um, Like I, I don't know. I can't believe he's willing to screw somebody over like that, man. I'm horrible <sighs> when I sell stuff to people. I really am. I saw. It, I remember too. my my Chevy Sonic? Yes. Right. Um, we had gotten we were <laughs> we were at four cars, right? Yeah. And I had the Chevy Sonic in the driveway, and I went like four months without driving. I never drove it. And yep. um. My friend Steven was saying, you know, um, I need and I, I need to get a small back and forth to work car because I have my trucks that I have because he's fixing up trucks and stuff. Um, and I told him, I was like, I got this little Sonic. And he's like, well, how much you want to sell for? <laughs> Strangely, like almost what Greg paid, I, I <laughs> sold it to him for like $750 because hmm. I knew he really needed a car and I knew we got our money's worth out of it. I felt like we did. We bought it. Yeah. It had 9,000 miles on it. No, it had twelve hundred miles on it, we bought it for nine thousand dollars. And when I sold it it had like sixty five thousand miles on it and it mm-hmm. was long paid off. And I felt like we had gotten our money's worth. Okay. Um I just I can't fathom purposely screwing somebody over.
0: No, I could never do it.
1: You know, I mean I could easily like clean it up really nice and wax it and everything and be like, Yeah, it's worth twelve grand. It's not so I wouldn't have <laughs> been able to sleep at night.
0: I'm the same way, like when I used to work in retail and sell merchandise and stuff. I was always super honest with people. Like if there's a problem with something, I'd tell you straight up like, yeah. Oh, I'm looking at this TV. I'm like, first of all, you don't want that TV because it's had problems. You've had to send that brand to service so many times. So don't even look at that one. I would just tell people that cause I don't, mm-hmm. I want them to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want, because we lo- live in the same community, you know. Exactly. I don't want to be out in Walmart with my kids and then they're with their kids. And they would be like, oh, that's the guy that fucked me over. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be able to go, hey, how's that TV working out for you? Great, you know. Yeah. And I tell people that, too. Like, look, I'm not trying to screw you over here, you know. We live in the same community. I'm not some guy on the internet that lives on the other side
1: of the world, you know. Right. So I'm the same way. I don't. I don't you know. That's like why I do photography. What I say to them verbatim every time is, because I always get asked the question, so how many pictures do I get? You know, if I hire you for a wedding or whatever, I always tell them, uh, you know, you're lovely people, you're, you're great looking, but I don't want your pictures. So, I mean, I just, edit. <laughs> I'm
0: going to put a few up yeah. in my house. <laughs> yeah. I edit
1: what I can, you know, if something's, you know, is either repetitive or I can't edit it, I don't edit it, but I mean, I'm not going to hold back. Why would I purposely hold back shit and be like, well, you know, I took 300 pictures of you, but you're only getting 25. Just because I feel like being a dick today.
0: Some a few of your wife that I liked a little too much.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, scene 16. It's a big one. Get ready. Yes, it is. Like it literally is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we now cut to Greg, the salesman, outside showing off his car to a friend out back. The guy says, I don't know, Greg. Looks kind of like an old model. Greg walks over and puts his arm around him and says, oh, Ronnie. <laughs> the word isn't old. The <laughs> oh, way said that. Oh, Ronnie. Oh, Ronnie. <laughs> the word isn't old. The word is classic. In a couple of years, this will be a collector's item. We're five times what I'm asking for it. Ronnie asks if he thinks so. Greg says, sure. Listen, I've got five, six guys after this beauty. Like I said, I want a friend to have it. Ronnie says, I appreciate it, too. Boy, this sure sounds familiar. Yeah, right? It's because uh, Eddie said it earlier. Oh, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> just then, Marsha and Jan walk up and ask what he's doing. Greg, while winking at the girl, says, I was just showing him this gem here. Ooh. Hey, tell him how sensational the car is, girls. I, it would have been funny if you would have said truly outrageous. <laughs> that would have just been funny. <laughs> Greg truly, w- truly, truly, truly <laughs> outrageous. Greg winks again. Marsha smiles and says, sure, sensational. Jan says, oh, especially when it's standing still. Greg laughs, laughs and shoves the girls away.
0: <laughs> that was really yeah. funny when he was shoving Because he was like really shoving yeah. them like pretty. I thought it would have been funnier, or not funnier, but better sales tactic if Marcia would have been like, oh yeah, like any guy that drives this, i fucking go down on him in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's just <laughs> be a sh- like,
1: I'll fucking pay now. <laughs> It's just a shame it's a convertible because, you know, everybody will see me when I'm giving (laughs) Roadhead. He's like, you take cash, right? (laughs) Greg laughs and shoves the girls away. Those sisters of mine, great little senses of humor. (laughs) Ronnie, now wanting to get inside, is having trouble opening the door. Greg stops him and says, so it sticks a little. When you've got a convertible, who uses doors? Hmm. You just got to jump in it's a sports car right he pushes ronnie aside and jumps in smooth as silk oh yeah he does greg immediately slides over to the driver's seat and says i want to tell you about these wipers i got i got them hooked up to the horn it's fantastic <laughs> but he is cut short when cindy walks up with a box in her hand greg immediately shoes her away but cindy insists and says but you said these parts were left over after you tried to fix the motor. Greg begins to awkwardly laugh and say, <laughs> What a wonderful sense of humor. Only nine years old. Cindy, there's a candy bar in my dresser. You can have it. Meanwhile, Ronnie is trying to look in the box. Cindy says thanks and walks off.
0: You know, real quickly. I not know it's so funny because just before Cindy walks up... Ronnie is going to attempt to jump in.
1: I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> and then she steps right in his way. He's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Greg then asks Ronnie to try jumping in. Ronnie awkwardly climbs over the door and <laughs> falls into the seat. That was doing well, too. He almost looks like he hurt his arm when he did it. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job, too, doing yeah. that. Ronnie then asks how the engine is. Greg says it's great and tries to change the subject. Ronnie interrupts and asks, Well, can I hear it? Greg says, Oh, sure. But it's a waste of time. It purrs like a kitten. Greg starts up the car and it loudly roars to life and backfires a couple of times. Ronnie looks nervous. Greg then shuts down the engine. Ronnie says that it sounded kind of funny. Greg says, Oh, that's just the idle. Nothing more than a couple of turns of a screwdriver can't fix. Make up your mind, Ronnie. Is it a deal? Ronnie says, I don't know, Greg. Greg then asks, "What time is it?" Ronnie looks at his wristwatch, and there's no wristwatch. <laughs> Greg decides to look at his own watch and says, "All right, it's 4:15. Look, I got to show this to a guy in five minutes in five minutes really, 4:20 really. They <laughs> made that joke on this when you know everybody's stone out of mind. I didn't even think of that. Um, all right, it's 4:15, and I got to show this to a guy in five minutes. So what'll it be, Ron?" You want to miss the opportunity of a lifetime, or do you want a car? Ronnie thinks about it for a moment and takes a deep breath. <laughs> I don't. It hit me on this. Mar- Marcia looks so short in this. Like yeah. is she is the is Maureen McCormick shorter instead? Is she really that short? I don't know. Because in the early episode, she looks so fucking tall. At one <laughs> time, she was as tall as Greg, and now she seems really short. It what? seems like before too long, Jane's going to be taller than Marsha. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and um, what the fuck pants are Greg wearing?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Holy shit. Why do you keep asking about their outfits? Because. It's the of, 70s.
1: Exactly. Um, And why is Cindy interested in car parts? And why wouldn't they give that line to Bobby?
0: Well, I mean, it's forward thinking, but I don't know why she has the box of car parts anyway.
1: Uh, anyways, uh-huh. that's it.
0: <laughs> that's it. All right, well, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> I guess I'll do the rest of the synopsis myself. No. Well,
1: I'm mean, going that. I know, I'm
0: just kidding. All right, moving on. Scene 17. A little while later, we see Mike and Carol come home and pull into the driveway. Mm. Carol steps out and greets the girls. Mm-hmm. They know that Greg's car <laughs> isn't sitting there and they ask where he went. Marcia says, He was showing the car to some boy, and they drove off somewhere. He was trying to get us to say how great the old wreck was. Jan adds, he kept winking at us and even gave Cindy a candy bar. And then Mike is like, what the fuck happens here when I'm not here?
1: (laughs) Then he grabbed the peanut butter and went to the bathroom and said, hey, you want to see something cool? (laughs) He
0: called for Tiger with a jar of peanut butter. (laughs) Mike and Carol don't look amused and they begin to walk inside with groceries. They see Peter and Bobby and ask if Greg sold his car. Bobby says, yeah. He called the guy a pigeon. Peter pipes up and says he said he was really going to <laughs> sorry. I feel like you're like mad at me like yeah, I get no, it. No, 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 not at all. Peter but pipes just, up,
1: I got gotcha. you. But the way the way um Christopher Knight says some of the lines. Like, no, I guess that's the only description. Off the like, yeah. It rolls off the tongue, Mike's But that's the only way to just describe it. Up. He pipes up because he just all of a sudden out of nowhere will just chime in. Yeah. Mm.
0: <laughs> Peter pipes up and says, He said he was really going to caveat that guy's eruptor. <laughs> Carol seems confused, as usual. Mike <laughs> says, I think he means caveat his emptor. Carol asks where they heard that. Mike says, I taught him that about buying and selling. But I'm afraid he learned the wrong lesson. Then they walk inside.
1: <laughs> um Peter's wearing the same shirt he wore in a grand Canyon. <laughs> Is he? I don't yeah, know. the striped shirt. Yeah. It's almost like he has he owns the shirt. Exactly. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. And it's funny because he said he was gonna caveat the guy's emptor. Carol's like, Oh, not that again. No, that hurt last time.
0: <laughs> um, last time you did that? You knew Never mind.
1: Last time I couldn't sit down right for a week. Did you okay. Scene 18. In the den, Mike, Carol, and Greg are talking. Greg, while smiling, says, Yeah, I really gave that guy a hard sell. The chump went for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Carol asks, You didn't lie to him, did you, Greg? Greg says, Well, I glided the... Sorry. Gilded. Greg says, Well, I (laughs) glil... Greg says, well, I gilded the lily pretty good. That's so hard to say. Gilded the lily. Okay. Greg says, well, I gilded the lily a little. Good enough. (laughs) Mike says, (laughs) Mike says, (laughs) fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. (laughs) Greg says, well, I gilded the lily pretty good. Hmm? Mike says, is that all you got out of the talk we had? Greg says, sure. I figured I got stuck. Why shouldn't somebody else? Carol says, so you found yourself a pigeon. Greg, still smiling, says, it was a cinch. I had the hundred bucks in my hot little hand and then... Greg pauses and Mike asks, then what? Greg takes a few steps with a dramatic pause and says, and then I let the sucker off the hook. I just could not go through with it. Mike and Carol exhale and light up. Carol asks, you mean you didn't sell him the car? Greg shakes his head and says, I guess I'm a pretty crummy businessman. Mike lights up and says, no, no, you're an honest one. Carol agrees and then asks where his car is. Greg laughs and says, I was getting to that. Well, driving home, it broke down between 7th Street and 5th Street. Mike laughs and says, that's a pretty big area. Whereabouts? Greg said, all the way. It's just It just kept falling apart. Hmm. Mike and Carol laugh. <laughs> Carol says, Fifth Street, isn't that over near the junkyard? Greg says, yeah, that's where I sold it. The junkyard gave me 50 bucks for it. Mike, proud of his son, says, well, see, you lost $50, but you learned something. It's worth it. Carol laughs and says, can you imagine a car falling apart in front of a junkyard? Greg then says, well, I guess cars are like elephants. They yeah. both know where to go when they die. Oh man. They all laugh. <laughs> they do laugh. But Greg's pants look like pirate pants. I'm just going to say that <laughs> right off the bat. They 100% look like pirate pants. He's like, army Lord, It <clears throat> broke down. And his, And if his, if his shirt wasn't so tight, because it's blousy, <laughs> he would 100% look like a pirate. Um, why are the blinds to the living room open? The what? what? The blinds leading to the living room?
0: Oh, I don't know. Sometimes it's they're like, open, sometimes they're not. But
1: what reason would they have to open those? <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> they can? It's and... Like, it's hot in here. I think I'm going <laughs> to open the blinds to the other air-conditioned part of the house. Like
0: <laughs> The living room is breezy today, so yeah. let's open up. Um,
1: what's funny <laughs> is I think junkyards still only give $50 <laughs> for a junk car. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, when I got rid of my um, Dodge Shadow, they gave me $50 for it. So, and also, um, yeah. damn, Carol. <laughs> it's like fucking laugh it up, bitch. Like, do you think this shit's funny? Ah, your car broke down in front of a junkyard. Ah, you must ah, feel stupid. Ah, you lost 50 hard-earned dollars. Well, what the fuck do you care? You don't work. You didn't money fucking handed to you. He had to work his ass off for that money. Laugh it up, bitch. Laugh it up.
0: Right now I hate this where people kept saying you lost 50 bucks you lost 50 bucks but did he though yeah I feel like he lost more than that like
1: what were his costs for
0: fixing it up for the paint that's true for like you know I don't know there was it seemed like he put some money into that fixing it up there's no way he did all that for free plus his hopes and dreams tech his hopes and dreams and his most uh, expensive trait uh, his time
1: and he fought for that car
0: yeah
1: Everybody was laughing. at me. He's like, no, fuck you guys. I'm going to fix up this car. You're going to eat them words, and I'm going to see you grease lightning style. Mm, what's that
0: worth, Jimmy? What is that exactly. worth? Like, his pride, his time. It's worth a lot more than $50. Mm-hmm.
1: He fought for that shit in the end. That shit betrayed him.
0: Yep. Scene <laughs>
1: 19. <laughs> that yeah, that's right. Fuck the C-19.
0: The next morning, Carol is pushing Marsha. That's it. <laughs> She's pushing Marsha and Jan out the door through the kitchen. The girls are dressed in tutus, and Carol tells them that they're going to be late. She informs Alice that the ballet class was early that morning, and they'll be back in a couple of hours. Carol and the girls leave, only for Carol to come back and I forgot one. Come on, Cindy. And Cindy runs to the kitchen to catch up.
1: It's funny. Hmm. Imagine yeah. that, that she got lost in the Grand Canyon. Hmm. I don't know how that could have happened. <laughs> so she's fucking leaving, leaving her home. Um, did you notice that Carol says, she says the line, um, we're going to be late in the station wagon. And I, <laughs> I, think, and I rewound it three uh, yes, times. Yeah, but yes, I did hear that. And here's, do you, do you know why? I'm assuming to set up the next gag, the ultimate joke in the scene.
0: I don't remember what the ultimate joke was. Yeah oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, yes
1: but it's so awkward come on girls we're gonna be late in the station wagon like ooh, that's nobody <laughs> well, talks it, like that
0: well I think it was like come on girls we're gonna be late you know it's like go get in the station wagon kind of a, a thing yeah. cause like I don't know if you yeah, noticed well, that, it that might have
1: been the way it was written but that's not the way she wrote she read it
0: right I don't know if you noticed it but when she's pushing the girls <laughs> jam looked legitimately fucking pissed like fucking stop mom okay like Alice it was good acting if you go back and watch it watch her face she looks back and looks fucking mad like fuck I'm moving like Jesus <laughs>
1: it's like you know when there's not really a ballet class right you know this is fucking <laughs> acting right why the fuck do you keep pushing me like this that would have been funny if she didn't turn around bitch push me again <laughs> she has got all gangster on her really funny <laughs> you see I wear belt buckles and man shirts <laughs>
0: meanwhile Alice is setting the table for breakfast breakfast for breakfast? one breakfast Breakfast for one. As Mike runs in carrying golf clubs, she tells him breakfast is ready. Mike tells her that he's running a little late, but sits down quickly to eat. Just then, Greg comes running in with his cleats and ball glove in hand. Greg asks, Dad, can I use the car, please? Mike says, No, I'm sorry, son. I'm playing golf this morning. Greg says, Fuck, I'm pitching today. And if they start with somebody else, I'll lose my spot. Mike says, Oh, all right. I'll get your mother to drive me here. And he hands Greg his car keys and Greg takes off. Just then, Alice comes back in with the laundry basket asking, How's your breakfast? And Mike says, It's fine. Listen, do you think Mrs. Brady is ready to go yet? I need her to drop me off at the golf course. Alice says, She's more than ready, Mr. Brady. She's gone. Mike freaks out and asks, Gone? Oh, there goes my golf game. Alice walks over to the counter and she hands him a slip of paper. Mike asks, What's that? Alice says, My bus pass. Mike looks at her and says, Bus pass? Alice says, Oh, it's a cinch, Mr. Brady. You just take number two bus to Oak Street, then you transfer to the 56 cross town, then you take the 18 to the end of the line, and then from there it's express all the way. Mike is not amused.
1: That's funny. I, I have it written down. I'm like, Mike looks at her like, bitch, I ain't going to take no fucking bus. Like, he looks like pissed off. Like, right. Like insulted at the thought of him taking a bus. Do I look a like
0: a maid to you? No.
1: <laughs> I make all the fucking money in this house. You want me to take a fucking bus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, like, she was like, uh, so Carol leaves with the girls. Right. And then Mike sits down, has a little quick conversation with Greg. Greg leaves and then. Alice comes back and he's like hey where's Miss Brady oh she's gone like there's no way she's gone already like it has literally been less than one minute since yeah, exactly. she walked right, right, right. walked out the kitchen not yep. out the
1: house and you know out. Greg ain't gone yet he just <laughs>
0: fucking left the room <laughs> like he could literally have gotten up and looked outside and they'd probably still be getting into the car right, right, right. I don't know just kind of yes and the way he tells her like oh she's gone fucking she's miles away now it would have been I funny if she got said, really upset. What? <laughs> what happened? No, no, no. She went to fucking practice. Like, oh. She could have easily said, well, she just walked out the door. If you catch her, like exactly. here, yeah, right. or let me peek real quick. Oh, she's still out there. You want me to stop her? You know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's like, oh, she's miles away now. True. Gone. Forgot if it was about any
1: you. other episode, they would have picked up the phone and called the, <laughs> called <laughs> the, the place where the dance, you know, practice is because they fucking have all the numbers memorized. <laughs> hey, Mrs. Thompson. Hey, can you? this is Mike Brady. Can you tell Carol to call me once you get... That's what they would have done any other episode. But. Yeah.
0: Or just told the ballet class. No. You start when yeah. we tell you to start. Exactly, yeah. You starting early today? I don't fucking think so. Can I'm Mike motherfucking Brady. Can you tell Mike her to come back, me, pick
1: me up? Like, that's what would have happened any other episode, but...
0: <laughs> Whatever. Because he's Mike motherfucking Brady. Exactly. Well, hey, Jimmy, that's the end of the episode. Boom! Boom. Yeah. Is it's it nice to be back to normal and we're done with the trilogy saga. Exactly. Nice normal episode. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, we had fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. No. Yeah. No, we're not. But hey, if you haven't checked out our website, go check it out. It's a very Brady yeah, What was that? <laughs> I
1: said, yes. Yife. Yeah, um also if you feel like it do a rate and review on apple podcast Castbox, or pod chaser oh hey can you hear the horn outside <laughs> you can that's another person giving <clears throat> such good reviews that they like i need to express this louder and they're out in the car honking their horn sounds like a lovesick moose out there exactly. doesn't it or you tell two friends about the show that's right you can send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show. At a very brady podcast at gmail.com. Or join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun. Post
0: memes. Just don't be a racist dick.
1: You could check out the Patreon.
0: hmm That's patreon.com forward slash a podcast. Or follow us on the Facebook page. And that's where you get all your updates. Like if we're going to be late or something like that or there's not going to be an episode that's where you're going to find out all of that information.
1: That's right. And there's more Fairy Brady podcasts to come. In fact, yeah. on the next episode, season three, episode five, mm-hmm. my sister, Benedict Arnold. Oh, what's that about? While the Bradys set up a dunking tank for the school carnival, Greg and Marcia come to blows when Marcia what? agrees to go on a date with Greg's biggest nemesis, Warren... Mulaney, not Warren Mulaney. Warren Mulaney. In fact, his middle name is motherfucking.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Like, a yeah, that's his bitch. real. Like, I looked it up. I looked up his birth certificate, and it's that's really his middle name. I
0: thought it was Warren Big Dick Mulaney. I think his house. That's how he's known around high school.
1: But we know that Marsha in the past and in the future in the 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 movies, uh, she kind of goes for nerds. So um, hmm. we'll see what Warren is. We shall see. Warren sounds like a nerd name. But. It does. So, yes, we will see what that's about.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yes. Appreciate it. And uh, we will see you guys next time.
1: Yep. And uh, I have been Jimmy. I have been Tack. And this has been the very Brady Podcast.
0: And we will see you on another sunshine day. Key Smolten. Yo. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash A Very Brady Podcast. Until then, this has been A Very Brady Podcast, and have a sunshine day.
1: You've been listening to A Fourth time Joint.